Hi there! This is the PowerPoint Tribe where our vibe is faith and our food is the Word. Prepare to be strengthened and encouraged through the teachings of God's Word and the ministry of the Spirit. You know, we don't wait for things to happen before we yes. declare that God is good. Yes. That means we'll be subjecting His goodness to happenings. Whether things happen, whether they don't happen, His nature is good. He's a good God. He's not good because He's good. So things fall in place because He's good. You see that? So many times what people try to do is that they try to say that, okay, things happen. Oh, God is good. Oh, wow. Thank God. But even when things are not happening, uh, especially when things are not happening, it is that time where we know what to believe. That's the, the time to judge him faithful. Sarah didn't judge him faithful because she had given birth. The Bible says that she judged him faithful even before she gave birth. Even before she gave birth. So God is good not because circumstances tell us that. God is good because we know from his word that he is good. The Bible says every good gift and every perfect gift comes from the Father, from above, from the Father of light in whom there is no variableness, neither any shadow of turning. In other words, God is God does not use us to play Kaluka. He doesn't do, he's not here today and then tomorrow. He doesn't promise you one thing today and say, eh, actually, I was just in a good mood when I said it. I didn't really mean it. No, 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 no. His word is good. Hallelujah. And so we give you praise, Father. We bless your name. We bless your name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. For demonstrating your love towards us. That while we were yet without strength, you sent your son to die for us. While we were yet sinners, when we were enemies to you, you demonstrated your love towards us. How much more now that we are in the family? We bless your name, Jesus. We bless your name, Jesus. Give us ears that hear today and hearts that receive. Amen. Give us open minds to receive of you. The Bible says of your fullness have we all received and grace for grace. Thank you because of that fullness again we are receiving. And thank God for the multiplicity of grace upon us. Bringing ease into everything that we do. Bringing ease and victory into our endeavors. For this we thank you and even for much more. In Jesus' majestic name we pray. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. It's good to see everybody again. Praise God. Hallelujah. We had such a nice time last week, Sunday. God's word came to us powerfully and we received God's word. Amen. We talked about the man in the mirror last week. Last week, Sunday, we, that was the theme for the message. We said it was man in the mirror. And we emphasize that the mirror is God's word. That the mirror we're talking about is not just a natural mirror. The mirror is God's word. James chapter 1 and verse 25. The Bible says that, you know, therefore we look into the perfect law of liberty. He that he looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues therein, 
not being a forgetful hearer, but a doer of work. The Bible says that this same man will be blessed in his deeds. You know, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18, he says, We all with open faces, with unveiled faces, beholding as in the glass the glory of God, have been changed into that same image as by the Spirit of God. So God's word is God's mirror. He's God's mirror. And God portrays, reflects the experiences that he wants us to have through his word. Yeah. If God wants to call you into an experience, we said that what he does is that he gives you his word. Yeah. We remember we said that that God's word is God's invitation yeah. into experiences. Yeah. So every time we come together, we are tasting of the good word of the Lord. Hallelujah. And we also saw that one of the major things that God reflects to us is the real you, the real me. Who is the spirit? That's the, the person that God reflects. It's the person that has a, a reality contrary to a defeated reality. Yeah. It's the we that is more than a conqueror. Yeah. You know, the Bible emphasizes again and again and again that we are winners. Yeah. We are winners. We don't go through life defeated. We are not subject to the beggarly elements of life. Rather, that, rather than that, we are overcomers. We are overcomers. And we rule in our end of us. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 5 and verse 17. He says, by one man's offense, death reigned through all. He says, much more, they that have received the, uh, the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life. Shall reign in life. So our reality is that we reign. That's a reality. That's a reality. No matter what it is that we may face, you must have this consciousness that we reign in life. We rule in life. And we must also learn to superimpose our current circumstances with what God's word says. With what God's word says. We'll go a step further today. You know, we're looking at the conversations of three men. You're wondering who are these three men? Maybe it is Pastor Mike, Pastor Peace. <laughs> And Pastor Nike. <laughs> Maybe there are three people that are having a discussion. But we'll see. Let's go into the Word of God. First uh, Corinthians. We'll read a couple of verses there. First Corinthians chapter chapter two. Read a couple of verses. First Corinthians two, and um, we'll read into chapter three, and then we'll read another verse of scripture, just to give a background for what we're about to contemplate on and discuss this morning. I'll read from verse 6. I'll read from verse 6. He says, however, we speak wisdom among those who are mature or perfect. He says, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor the princes of this world that come to naught. He says, but we speak the wisdom of God and the mystery, even the hidden wisdom of God, which God had ordained before for ages for our glory. He says, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known it, they wouldn't have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I had not seen nor hear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God had prepared for those who love him. He says, But God has revealed them to us through his spirit, for the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man, save the spirit of man that is in him. He says, Even so, no man knows the things of God except the spirit of God. He says that now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we may know the things which have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for their foolishness to him, nor can they be known because they are spiritually discerned. 
but he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Praise Chapter 3, verse 1. He says, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as unto spiritual people, but as the canals, as babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you are not able to receive it, and neither are ye able now. For ye are still carnal. For when there is envy, strife, divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? Hallelujah. Then let's go to First Peter. First Peter chapter 3. You see that we have quite a number of verses. I realized that I didn't even open a, a text per se last week <laughs> when I was listening to the message. You know. And if you go to theology school, they tell you that's not good preaching. Because you need to have a text for your message. <laughs> okay, so I decided that let's give a text today. So we have plenty of text. <laughs> Hallelujah. First Peter chapter 2. Uh, chapter 3, right? I said chapter 3, right? Yes. Chapter 3, yes. I'll just read two verses there. It says, Do not let your adornment be merry outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, and putting on a fine apparel. Rather, let it be, hidden, let it be the hidden person of the heart, with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. I bought this Bible a couple of years back, hoping to actually change my reading of scripture from KJV to NKJV. But I've bought it since, what year was that? Did I buy it? Since 2012. And my quoting of scripture has not, has not shifted from KJV. <laughs> I read NKJV. But in my mind, it is so. When I see, I'm like, oh, is this what the Bible says? <laughs> you know, because it's pretty different yeah. in KJV. Yeah. He said, let the adornment not be the, of the outward man, yeah. of the putting on of apparel, of the wearing of gold. You know, I says, but let it be the hidden man of the heart, in that which is incorruptible, yeah. even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit. He says, this in the sight of the Lord is of great price. There are three men that I've read about, if you've not noticed. Three men I've read about them. First is the spiritual man. First is the carnal. Second is the carnal man. And third is the natural man. We want to talk about those three men today. Because oftentimes what disturbs, hinders us from walking in the victory that we have is the fact that these three men are in arguments. There's always a back and forth. And God is always dealing with you in the spirit man. God relates with you in the spirit. Your spirit will say that again and again and again and again. So God relates with you. He relates with that man. If God wants to give any instruction, that's the man he will give it to. Have you ever wondered, I'm sure a couple of people have hired, that in the Old Testament, God used to be, I, I used, used to feel that the Old Testament, Old Testament people were pretty much privileged than we are. Because, I mean, they heard God's voice. So they, 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 they heard God, Moses heard God telling, go to Egypt. Wouldn't it have been very easy if you had that? Don't you think? Like God would just tell you, just appear to you in your room as you are going out, just say, don't go there. <laughs> Sit down there and read Bible. <laughs> or you are, you are waiting for a decision to make a decision, and you just hear a voice from heaven, just say, we are one trumpet, you know, and God just talks. I know he talks in echoes. You know, the you know, you know the God now. The midayo, the midayo, the midayo. What do it down, 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 down? <laughs> so you know, I just felt 
You could just have continued and not stop to us that way now. But that's not the way God operates. The Bible tells us in John chapter 4 and verse 24 that God is a spirit. And those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So God who is his spirit is not body. And God is not, is not mind. He's not, he's not spirit. He's a spirit. He has a form. You know, many people think God is spirit. So it's just one cloud. It's just, it's just one effect. God is not an effect. He's a spirit being. He's a spirit. He has a hand. The Bible says that his hands are not too short. So he has hands. He has a backside. He told Moses that I will walk past and you see my backside. So he has a backside. He's a being. He has a feet. He says the earth is the full stool. So if he has a full stool, he has feet. Yeah. He is a being. He's not just cloud. He's not just. <laughs> so if the Holy Ghost is walking and you've not fallen at the anointing, he hasn't moved. No. He is actually a spirit being. And he can only communicate best to spiritual people. Yes, sir. So actually, all the things that he was doing in the Old Testament, they were just stressing him, actually. All of the physical things, they were just, it was God trying to actually come down to their level to now say, oh yeah, go and do this. But many of us in the New Testament now want to expect that spectacular move. But it's better in the New Testament. That same God who was on the outside is now, he has moved in us. So, to expect that God will talk to us and you want to just hear, you want to see, you want to feel something with your senses is... Is you expecting that God will actually move out of you and come and talk to you? He is in you. Wouldn't it be strange? I'm talking to Pastor Peace now. Yes, sir. And I come to him and say, Pastor Peace! How are you doing now? Sir, I'm asking why are you shouting. You will feel very strange. The same way God can come out of you and he is in you. So he just impresses you. He, he, he leads you from the inside. Yeah. We don't need spectacular events to get us led. We are led by the Holy Ghost on the inside of us. So you get somewhere you want to make a decision. You make one, the, the, A proposal comes to you. And you want to make that proposal. But right on your inside you just see mm-mm, mm-mm. this is not right. This is not right. It shows a closeness. You know if I can talk to you without talking, you are, you are pretty close. I can communicate to you without talking. I don't see you. <laughs> you are in You know, many of us growing up with parents like that. Maybe go to someone's house <laughs> and you want to eat. When I say, ah, see me show my jaw. I just for rice. What chicken? Ah, oh my jaw. <laughs> you already know what's what's going on. Or you look at your mom's face or that face and they just give you. Ah, <laughs> ah. Uh, uh, you just say. But you, I'm, I'm fine, I'm good. Because cause, cause, something has been communicated to you. The same way with the Holy Ghost. You want to make a step and the Holy Ghost no. You just be okay. No, he's wrong. He's wrong. Because he is in you. We were sharing one scripture in when we were having the leader's video in Acts 15. Where the Bible says, it seemeth good to us and to the Holy Ghost. See, that's, that's, just, that's just sweet. It's just, it's a seeming. Uh, we just, you know, it's the same way Paul said when he was going on the journey. And he said, I perceive that this journey will be up. See, that is the same way, that's the place where God wants you to be. If God has to be 
preaching you through physical means every time, it means your spirit is dull. It doesn't necessarily mean you're spiritual. It actually means you're carnal. If God has to, he's always has to be dream or one vision or something, something. It's, it's not, not necessarily the best. That's not the truth. We think it's spiritual, but that's not the spiritual because God has to now relate to your body. It has to, it has to relate to your, to your physical senses, to your ears, to your eyes, to your hands. You have to feel something. And the same is for many, for, for many people. If they haven't seen any spectacular thing, they cannot be healed. Well, yes, God will reach you through that, but God expects us to grow to the point where He can reach us through His Word and through His Spirit. And so oftentimes, when God, it even hinders us when God gives you an instruction. He communicates certain things to you through the Spirit man. But you feel, because of the things that are happening around you, you allow your senses to to get a better part of you. So God promises, like a good example, is Peter. God told Peter, you know, that vision, brought the sheep down, told Peter, arise, kill and eat. Peter said, no, Lord. I know Peter has told us that those two words don't go together. You cannot say, no, Lord. Go right. <laughs> if he's Lord, then it is a yes. Lord means ruler. Lord means over, overseer. I'm the one ruling. So you cannot say, Abi, Pastor Mike, you can't go to the courts and negate, and negate. You can't say no. No, no, no. It doesn't rhyme. means if I am your Lord, it's like Joseph telling Pharaoh, Pharaoh tells Joseph to do something, and then Joseph says, no, Lord. There's no such thing. But Peter said, no, Lord. And then he took the sheet off, came back again. Peter, arise, chill and eat. He said, no, Lord. For no such thing has entered my mouth before. That happened three times. And then, eventually, things aligned. Peter was now saying when he got to Cornelius' house, that okay, he seems, he seems, he seems, he seems. Well, that's really not the best place to be as believers. The best place to be uh, is to train your spirit man. Is to train that spirit man that you are. Because you are a spirit man. To train it. To train it. Because God gives you promises. He gives you instructions through that man. That's the man that God relates with. And if you're not careful, the flesh and the natural man will want to negate that instruction. See, for instance, oftentimes, you see, not even often, oftentimes, most times, the laws of the spirit and the natural laws, the laws of the flesh and the natural laws, always negate. They always negate. So if you are not one who has trained the spirit man, you will never follow the impresses and the, you know, the promptings of the spirit of God in you. Because God's laws and your own laws are divergent. They are always diametrically opposed. The law of the spirit of life, it will always be, it will always be diametrically opposed to the law of, life, of, of death. It will always be. Faith oftentimes don't make sense. So if you are a sense-ruled man, you will not walk by faith. So the Bible says, walk by faith and not by sight. By sight, that doesn't necessarily mean by eyes alone. It means by your senses. It's talking, sight there is representative of a sense-ruled man. Walk by faith and not by sight. Why? Because faith and sight never agree. They can never agree. Galatians chapter 5, number 16. 
He says, walk in the spirit and do not fulfill the lust of the flesh. He says, for the flesh, you know, is it works against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh. These two are contrary one to the other so that he cannot do the things that he will. He says, but if you are led by the spirit of God, you are not under the law. And then he says, for the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, seditions, emulations, variance, of which I told you beforehand, like I told you in time past, that they will do such things and not inherit the kingdom of God. He says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith or faithfulness, meekness, temperance. He says, against such, there is no law. There is no law. He says, if you live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. So, you see, oftentimes we want to walk in the spirit. But we are hindered. And there are many ideas, many things God wants to communicate into your spirit man. That if you are not spiritual enough, you will miss out on it. Remember Elisha. When he told the king, they had been farming and all that. And Elijah said, by this time tomorrow, that there will be a mix of, how did he even say it? You know, he, he gave an instruction, uh, a, a grain of something shall be sown for a shekel and all that. Just trying to tell them that there will be an abundant supply of things. And they had been farming. See, is this same farming that, so is farming where people are eating their children? Yeah. Is that same farming? So that means this farming was farming. <laughs> This was real fun. For people to be eating their children. In fact, if you read properly, I think this story is in 1 Kings 4 or something. If you read properly, you will see that at some point, they started selling dung. Anybody knows dung? Yeah. Know what dung is? <laughs> shit. Know what shit is? <laughs> That's dung. They started selling that. So there was real fun. And then Elisha came and gave the word of the Lord. But because there was someone there that calculated that, ah, not how it works. You can't just say by this time tomorrow, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. And that's the same thing that happens when God drops instructions into your heart. You see, because it is not, it does not make sense. See, listen to this. God does not make sense. He makes faith. He makes spirit. So, because his instructions do not make sense, and because you are sense-ruled, you are drawing the logic around these instructions. And you feel this thing does not fit. How can you tell me to leave my comfortable job and start a company? It doesn't make sense. I'm already earning 250, 300. How can you tell me leave Lagos, go to wherever and start a ministry? How can you tell me go out and walk on the Red Sea and walk out the Red Sea and walk on dry ground? How can you see if you if you look through throughout scripture, God's instructions don't make sense? Yeah. We say we need wine at any field water pots water. Can you look on what that's wine for crying? What is the relation between water and wine? We need wine. Yeah. What has what has water got to do with it? We don't need water, we need wine. So that's why we need to be able to first of all understand that we are spirit men, and then we need to cultivate that spirit. We need to educate. Educate actually means, the word educate actually means to draw out. To draw out. To train. To cultivate. That's the way you can walk in victory. Remember 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14. The Bible says that, blessed be God, thanks be to God, who always leads us in triumph. 
We are glad that it leads us in triumph. We are glad about our triumphal victory. But oftentimes we forget that it leads us into it. So, the people that will experience the triumph are the people who are led. Because it leads us into it. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. It's not a general thing. You can quote that scripture all you want one million times. If you refuse to be led, you will be poor. You will want. You will, be, you will want. And God will not lead you by your flesh. He will lead you by your spirit. He will lead you by your spirit. He may put up with some doubt when you, you know, when you, when you are a babe in Christ. But you see, he will expect that you grow. The <laughs> story came to mind and I'll just share the story. Brother Higgins, elder sister. I elder, his elder sister. God was, was, had cancer. So, you know, Ken Higgins started praying about, about the whole thing. And after a while, the Lord told him, between I and what the doctors will do, I'll give her five more years. She got healed of that, got healed of the cancer. Five years later, she had another cancer. Totally unrelated to what the cancer she had beforehand. And at this time, Brother Higgins came back again, Lord, uh, heal my sister. And the Lord told her, uh, not this time. Not this time. And then God told him she had five years to groom her spirit. You're on radio in the city where she's in. She never listened to you for once. You have books in the city where she's in. She has never read one. She goes to a Bible-believing church, but she listens but never acts on the word that they preach. He said this time around, is either she gets it on her own faith or she does without it. And sure enough, she did without it. She went to heaven. She went to heaven. So there are some things that you will save yourself a whole lot, a whole lot of money if you are led by the Holy Ghost. A whole lot of stress if you are led by the Holy Ghost. A whole lot of work if you are led by the Holy Ghost. And you cannot be led until you groom the Spirit. You groom the Spirit to hear God's voice. You groom the Spirit. That's what the Bible says, let it not be of the adorning of the flesh, on wearing of gold. You know, some people have felt that Based on what the scripture said, that we should not wear gold. <laughs> then the instructions have come out, you know, from there. That we should not wear gold. Don't wear earring. It's all of you, Jessica. <laughs> Who else? Ah, sitting is own. I'm harassed. You see your own earring. Hellfire. I'm not going to head on. Hellfire. And they bring out stories that. You know, you have all of those books that someone went to Hellfire and then saw some, some pastors there. And I was asking, why are they here? Why are they here? And the angel told him, because they were hearing it. They, 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 they made up, they, they were hearing with one from, from the, from what, what's, what's that? From Mami Wata, exactly. But that's not what the Bible is saying. It's not saying that we shouldn't look good, you know, made up, made up. But he's saying, don't let that be your focus. He says, rather, let it be the hidden man of heart. In that which is not corruptible. Even the ornament of a meek, the Bible calls it an ornament. The ornament of a meek and quiet spirit. So when you are training your spirit, you are actually decking up with ornaments. Let's read that scripture again. First Peter, right? Chapter 3. When you are reading your Bible, you are beautifying yourself. 
When you are praying in other tongues, you are getting more beautiful. I rest first Peter again now. First Peter 3. He says, do not let it be the ah, ah, I need King James. Thank you. That's the that is it. Ah, who's adorning? Let it not be of an outward adorning, of a plating of hair, and of a wearing of gold, and of a putting on of apparel. So it can't be that God is not saying that we should not wear gold or we should not put it on Because if he's saying that it will mean that God is also saying we should not wear clothes. Because it lumps everything together. Can you go back, please? He says of a wearing of the sweetness, of a plating of hair, wearing of gold, and putting on of apparel. So if you're only taking out wearing of gold, you are not doing justice to the scripture. You love everything. So if you're not wearing gold, don't wear clothes too. <laughs> so that can't be what he's saying. Verse 4. He says, For let it be the hidden man of the heart, in fact, which is not corruptible, even the ornaments of a meek and a quiet spirit. The Bible says this in the sight of God. In other words, this is what God values. Yes, dress up. Yes, look good. Look good like I'm looking good. Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, but don't just limit it to your outward man. He said, let it be the inward man. That's fine. He says, for after this man at the old time, for after this man in the old time, the holy women also who trusted in God have done themselves. They, they paid attention to that inner self. Adonis of being in subjection to their own husbands. It means that if you are not in subjection as a wife to your husband, you are not beautiful. Glory to God. Is that what it means? Yes, sir. This is how they adorn themselves. This is how they get beautiful. And then he loves everything and says that they've been in subjection to their own husbands. Your real beauty is not so much this. Yes, be this. But much more. Be inside this too. Be this inside. Be beautiful inside. Don't just make up. I don't know how to pray. Make up, but know how to sometimes remove all of those makeups and say, this time around, I'm praying for this child. All this time that you have every month, you are sick every month, and sick every month. And there you are, you begin, I'm I'm coming, let's make up. And your child is sick every month, every month. They are going to the hospital spending money as supposed to be bringing to the church for tight. <laughs> you stand up to your feet and say, no more. The devil is running off shots on your family. And here you are, husband is doing stuff. You are just going for parties and all and up and down. And you don't think that you should come to the word of God and get yourself a true reality. You know too much fighting is the work of the flesh. Do you? Alright. That's why we teach God's word. Galatians. We've quoted that earlier. Galatians. Let's go to Galatians. We won't quote many scriptures. We will read it. I won't quote it. <laughs> Galatians chapter, chapter what? Is that? Chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. I'll show it to you. Galatians chapter 5. Talked about the works of the flesh. And then, if you're reading the Bible like mine, the last thing you actually put there is reverence. Is it there? Can you go to Galatians 5? Let everybody see it. So I don't see it. I didn't bring my Bible, so I didn't see it. You will see it. Look up. You see it. Galatians chapter 5. If you have the Bible, the last, what's the last work of the flesh that been listed? If we go to verse, verse 21. Revenue. Do you know what revenue is? 
Yes, exactly. But ah, God bless you. Party raised to power infinity. In fact, a verse of the a, a translation of the Bible says, "Wild parties." NLT. What does it say? Wild parties. Drunkenness, wild parties, and other kinds of sin. Oh, I'm every time. <laughs> come to church. Mm-mm. You won't come. For two months straight, somebody's doing wedding. If it's not your uncle's auntie's children. Is a colleague, his younger brother you met when you were doing interview for MTN. <laughs> so, two, three months, and you did on Saturday. That's it. Come in to tell her. I went for we went for wedding. I was this one. I was that one. Let it be the hidden man. Don't just let situations rob you of the things that God has given to you. Let it be the you on the inside. Train that man. Walk in the spirit. Some people get into frenzy when they hear walk in the spirit. What do you mean walk in the spirit? Jesus, not walk in the spirit. How do you walk in the spirit? Walk in the spirit is simple. Let your recreated human spirit govern you. That's walking in the spirit. Walk in love. Walk in joy. Walk in peace. Walk in long suffering. And I, like I say, long suffering. Do you know what long suffering means? It means suffer for a long time. Long suffering. Walk in all of these things. That means to walk in the spirit. And that is where life really is. I was talking to a friend of mine. And I told her that, it, you know, it is, it is very difficult as a believer to constantly walk against the instructions of God. It's difficult. It's difficult. You see, Romans said it perfectly. He says, to be carnally minded is death. I think that's verse 6 of Romans 8. He says, but to be spiritually minded is life and it's peace. It's life and it's peace. So we need to learn to train the spirit that you are. To train that spirit. You see, that you're mature spiritually eh, doesn't mean that you've been a Christian for 20 years. Now, you've been a Christian for 20 years doesn't mean that you're mature. You could just be a 20-year-old baby. The real maturity is in two things. One, walking in the Spirit, that's walking according to the fruit of the Spirit, and then being able to be led by the Spirit. Being able to be led. Being able to be led. That's how God relates to us in the Spirit, man. Pastor Mike quoted the scripture earlier, Jeremiah chapter 15 and 16. He says, thy words were found, and I did eat them. I did, the words were found. Many of us, we find God's word, and we put it on the table. We put it underneath our pillow. Well, we put it on our reading desk. It says your words were found, and then we, we, we were happy. We ate them. I did eat them. What is the significance of a seed that you put on your table? As a farmer. If you have a seed, you take it out and sow it. It is when the seed is sown that it brings forth to eternal life and it brings forth fruits. That's when it brings forth fruits. So when you find and God's word is seed, we are brought by that incorruptible seed. When you put that seed in your heart, it will bring forth life. It will bring forth life. That's why we study the word of God. That's why we pray in tongues. To generate momentum. 
and to build up our spirits. Pay attention to the spirit man. Pay attention to it. And the Bible says that, you know, like we're reading in first, you know, first Peter, that this ornament of a meek and a quiet spirit is of great, that's what God values the most. That's what God values the most. The ornament of a meek and a quiet. Gentleness is a fruit of the spirit. Gentleness doesn't mean introvert. You can be Gentleness is, is an ornament. It's, a, it's, a, it's an inside thing. You can be quiet, but inside you. Ah! You know, all of those cartoons that they show what's going on, they just one cloud just come out and they, they show what they're thinking. If that will happen to you, you think you're gentle. But if anybody's going to see what's happening to you, that thing that bubbles out like that, yeah, that's not, gentleness is not just that. Ah, I don't usually talk. I don't, I don't know. That's not gentleness. Because someone as a believer, you need to know how to talk. You need to know how to talk to people and win them. Some people say lifestyle evangelism. Nobody has been won by lifestyle evangelism. <laughs> nobody. Say, I will just be good and be quiet. So in the office, nobody even knows they're Christian. Say, ah, I will just be quiet. That's not being gentle. Being gentle is the ability to be still in your spirit and hear God. That's being gentle. Because you can't hear God when your spirit is all, all around. You wake up in the morning, you, everything is just boo boo ba. The alarm is ringing. You need to see, you need to get yourself to a place. That's why we go for retreats. To just withdraw from the hustle and bustle and hear what God is saying. That's, that's what gentility is. Be still in the spirit. Be still and know that I am God. It's in that stillness that you are able to focus your spirit man on something. On, on the ways of God. On the thoughts that God has. Gentleness is a thing of the spirit man. It's been quiet. It leads me beside still waters. It leads me beside still waters. That ability to just sit down. You know, sometimes I do it. And in the same time, I will start doing it even much more. That you're just somewhere in your room. You're not reading Bible necessarily. You're not praying so loud in tongues. You're just meditating. And maybe just praying softly in other tongues. And just meditating. Just be still. David said it several times in the scripture. He said, I'll be still upon my bed. And when I awake, I shall awake with, I think that's in Psalms 4. I don't, I don't know exactly how we put it. Just be still. There's how we awake in your likeness. That's it. Just be still and just hear God. Just praying softly underneath your tongues. Just praying in other tongues. And just meditating on, the, on God's word. Put a scripture and just roll it over. And just roll it over. Just roll it over. God has made all grace abound towards me. So that I, in that stillness, in that stillness, that's why the Bible says be still and know that you're God. In that stillness is your strength. That's where your strength is. That's where instructions will come. Arise and do this. Go ahead. That thing that you plan to do. Don't do it. See, that's where God is able to talk to you. So being gentle is not just that you're coming down, you can't talk. Being gentle is, is an inward thing. The ornament of a meek and a quiet spirit. Ability to hear God. You see, that's, that is my greatest desire. That is my greatest desire. That is my greatest desire. To just know, 
to be able to hear God in a split second. In a split second. So that's why I, 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 I read a whole lot after Brother Hagin. I read, I follow him. I watch his videos. I listen to his tapes. Again, and there are some tapes I've listened to close to 20 times. Videos I list I've watched. You can ask like about I in, as in that's my hobby. When I want to relax, I watch I was watching. <laughs> I just listen to him. I just listen to I, I listen a whole lot more, even more than I read. So sometimes I can listen to as, as much as 10 messages in a day. I listen a lot. I listen a lot, even more than I read. Just to I, I heard him talk one time. He walked into a room. He saw some gentlemen seated some. That's how we met Casey Price. He saw some gentlemen sitting there. He just asked, Holy Spirit, who are those guys? And then the Holy Ghost told him who they were. He said, These are that, that, No, no, because you need to get to that point. I'll share with Pastor Peace. One thing, one, the message Pastor preached at uh, DDP's meeting yesterday. Powerful message, powerful message. He preached about the Marys in the Bible. And one of the Marys he preached about was Mary that um, broke the alabaster box. Who is the same Mary, who is the sister of, 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 of Martha? And he talked about how that this Mary had a, seemed to have a corner on Jesus. There was just this friendliness that they had. When they sent to Jesus, they said, See, come, Lazarus, your friend, is sick. It's, there was just this connection that they had. That was why when he rose up from the grave, Jesus was supposed to take his blood to him. To sanctify the whole place in heaven. Jesus took a break and came to see Mary. Who was on the tomb? Because Mary had come to the tomb and was wondering where they put his body, where is he? And then when Jesus appeared and spoke to her, she thought it was the gardener. He said, the gardener, the one that took the body, just tell me. And then Jesus called, he said, Mary. You see, there must have been a special way he called her for heart. He might be saying, she turned. There must have been a connection. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You see, that's what we are talking about. That's that connection. Yeah. Everything that Jesus did in the New Testament was prophesied in the old. But something as important as you taking a break, as in if they touch us, that's redemption has finished. Oh. If Mary had just taught him and he bam, every all the prophecy from Genesis, bam, that's finished. Jesus took that risk and went to see Mary. And went to see Mary. Mary almost hugged him, so learn to hug people. <laughs> no, 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 no! Don't be too holy not to help. It's good. It's good. He said, like, no, no, touch me. Oh, I just have to come and see you, you know. He said, go and, go and tell my guys. Go and tell Peter that I'm ascending to my father. He said, by the way, he's also your father. He said, my father and your father. My God and your God. You see, there was there's just so, so much. Ah, See, you need to know how to get close to God. You need to know how to get close. Ah, a prophecy came. Talking about, that's, I'm, I'm talking about the reason why I love the A prophecy came. William Brenham gave a prophecy that this and this and this was going to happen in California. So they asked Brother Hagin. William Brenham gave this prophecy. What do you think? Blah, 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 blah. blah. Is it William Brenham? I can't remember one of the major prophets. That. And then they asked Brother Hagin. You know what he said? He said he doesn't think so. He said he doesn't think so. Such a prophecy, because a prophecy of something negative that's going to happen somewhere around him, a city close to him. But then he said, I don't think so. And he asked him, I thought you'd give one, he has one counter revelation. He said, God didn't tell him. 
God intended. And such thing of such a weight cannot be happening somewhere close to him and God won't tell him. You know what God told, what God said when he told Abraham? He said, how can I want to do this kind of thing and I will not tell my friend Abraham? And I won't tell my friend Abraham. You see, there, are, there is a level you get to in God hmm, that things just become easy. You're just, you're, just, you're just cruising through life. And it's not because there are no hindrances. Are no, you're just, because for, for the Bible to say that Joseph was prosperous because God was with him. You see, it means that there is a weight the presence of God has. Just his presence is a weight enough to help you cruise through life. Just his presence in your life. That the ark came into Obedidon's house. Three months was sufficient to just change. See, that's presence. That presence, that, that thing called the presence of God is something that you need to change. And it's a prayer you can pray. Ephesians chapter 3. The Bible says that you'll be strengthened with might. Uh, what I was my name the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family is heaven and earth and his name. And will grant, give grant unto you according to his strength, unto his power, to be strengthened in the inner man. And then he says that Christ will dwell in your heart by faith. The first time I read that, I was confused. I said, hello, Paul, apostle. These guys are writing to our believers. What do you mean that Christ will dwell in their hearts by faith? They're already believers. Christ is in them. He's dwelling in them. So what do you mean Christ will dwell in their heart? Christ is already in their hearts. And I went on and on for that question for a long time. Suddenly there was a day, just, he just rose. The answer that question just rose. See, it's one thing for God to be in you. It's another thing for him to be at home in you. That word dwell in their hearts. If you check the Amplified, it means to settle him, to be at home. Someone can come here now and just sit down and just be, oh, you're welcome. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. But cannot, will not show herself. And that's the person, you see the person in, the, in, in our room. She's all, she's all, why? She's at home there. So you come here, you are not so much at home. Yes, you are here, but you are seated, you do everything prim and proper, and it's one thing you are. But you get somewhere else and you are just at home. That's what it means. It's a different thing for the Holy Ghost to be in you. It's another thing for him to be at home, settled. Ah, I'm in my house. How do I move now? How do I lead this guy today? With victory do I want him to go into today? Because he's at home. Yeah. He will lead you into victories that you either to haven't even got into. Yeah. Because he's at home in you. He has settled in. He has settled in. He has settled in. And these are the things that make God be at home in you. To be able to hear God. That's the greatest thing that any man can have. That presence. So Moses will say, we will not go anywhere except your presence goes with us. Except you have this, this is this presence, the presence of God in you is your edge in life. Is your advantage in life. What advantage said scripture had the Jews over the Gentiles? He says, because unto them were committed the oracles of God. To them were committed the, the saints, the, 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 the words of God. To them were committed those words. His words need to be at home in you. John chapter 15 and verse 7. He says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask whatsoever you will and it shall be done unto you. Can you imagine that? In other words, if we are together, you will ask whatsoever you will. Anything, I will do it. 
But he gave a caveat. If you abide, what does it mean to abide in him? You're in Christ, you're a believer, you're in him. But he said, he didn't just stop it. He said, and my words abide. In other words, I am at home in you too. He said, at that point, whatever you ask, pam, is done. John 15 said, whatever you ask, is done. So we must get to that place where his word abides in us richly, not scarcely. Richly, richly abiding in you. See, that is the point of victory. That is the point where we, like I said, just cruise through life. That is our advantage. That is our advantage. You see, when I heard can make him talk like that, say because God did not tell you. And actually it didn't happen. You see, God will never do anything except he tells the servants the prophets. And for you to get to a place where God discusses with you, it's these things don't happen overnight. It's a process. 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 To groom the spirit man and to incline your mind. Now, when we got born again, like we said, only the spirit was affected. So what happens to the body? Praise God at the twinkling of an eye. We will get a new body at the last trump. In the twinkling of an eye, we'll get a new body. But before then, what happens to it? We put it under. You know the Bible says, 1 Corinthians 9 and verse 27. He says, and I put my body under. That was Paul talking. You see, because the body, who is the natural man, can hinder the dictates, the, the, the things that God is saying. The body can hinder God's processes in your life. So but Paul said, I put my body under. I put my body. What does it mean? It means that he, he, he recognizes the fact that he's a spirit. Did you see that? I put my body under. That means he is not his body. Did you see that? So he said, I, who is the I? The spirit man puts my body under. You see, because there are times your body will want to gyrate. Your body will just want to just feel good. Let's just, let's just do something small. Let's just taste this thing small. Bible Google did not say that we should not take alcohol. <laughs> Let's just taste it small. Small. That's how we tap the exact 2%. 2%. Let's just do this small. And it is small, small that you'll be entering into it until you are in the middle of it. Small, small. <laughs> you remember this point where they were persecuting Paul. He came before, you know, the high priest and all that, and they were talking to him. And then Paul said, I've lived in good conscience all my life. I think that's asked something. He said, I've lived in good conscience all my life. I think the high priest got and remember that thing and said that we should slap him. They slapped Paul. Paul, Paul said, May God smite you too. Right words to God. You know what it means? Paul said, God punish you. Paul, Apostle Paul. You see, your body oftentimes we want to we want to show themselves. Someone is taking advantage of you and you just feel ah. Ah! If you make anybody love you, you will know what's up. Your body also tends us to do stuff. But you need to learn to put it on that. You know what happens? Pastor Dan has described, demonstrated this before. Of we are, there's a spirit man. Hmm? As demonstrated this before. Can you two come, please? 
Thank you. And can you please come? Thank you, sir. This is the way it works. This is the spirit man. This is the spirit man. This is the real deal. Right? This is the body. Right? This is the mind. This is the you that is born again. Praise God. The you that God has walked on. Right? Now, this is the mind. If you are born again and leave your mind unrenewed, this is you born again, but your mind is unrenewed, your mind will side in with your body and together overcome this you. So you have a lot of potentials here. You have a lot of possibilities here. God has shown you the way here. But your mind is unrenewed. So your mind will side in with the flesh. And together they will overcome your spirit. But if your mind is renewed, your spirit man and your mind are in one, one accord. They, exactly, two one. They will overcome the body. This is what it means to put the body under. This is what it means to put the body under. Because the body will want to do stuff. <laughs> it wants to do stuff. So what do we need to do? We align our mind with our spirit. You dip that mind into the word. You wash it. You wash your mind with the word. You wash your mind. The Bible says, we can see that. thank you very much. Thank you. Says that God's thoughts are not our thoughts, His ways are not our ways. That is so, but now that we are saved, actually, the mind of God, no, we're the mind of God, now we have the mind of God. But you see, that mind will be locked up. You won't benefit from that mind if your mind is not renewed. If your mind is not renewed. So we need to renew our minds by the word. You need to align your thoughts with the thoughts of God. You know the Bible says in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. You know that word there is the word logos. In English, we get the word logic from that word. Logic from that word. So, and logic is the way we think. It's the thinking pattern of a man. And then, if you read that scripture, John, in verse 14, the Bible says, and the word became flesh. So it means... That in the beginning was a thinking pattern of God. That thinking pattern was with God. And then that thinking pattern became flesh. So Jesus is actually God's thinking pattern in two feet. Now when you are reading God's word, what you are doing is this. You are aligning your own thinking pattern with his own thinking pattern. His thinking pattern becomes yours. So you know how to make decisions right. You know how to just do things. You see, when you fill yourself with God's word, it just helps you make right decisions. You make right decisions mistakenly. I know you know that. You stumble into the leading of the Holy Ghost. Because your mind is aligned. Your thought pattern, the way you generate your decisions, is already aligned. It's already aligned. So it becomes you become one with the way God thinks. God can send you somewhere and sleep because he knows that you represent him well there. Because his mind and your mind operate the same way now. They operate the same way. That's why we renew our minds. When we look into scripture, we know how to make... 
Like if you're, if you're always asking, is this is this the right thing to do? Is this good? Is this not good? It's because you're going to need your mind sufficiently enough. Because the Bible says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Not conformed to this world, but John by the renewing of your mind. He says that then you will prove what is that good and perfect. Romans 12, verse 2. And acceptable will of God. You will prove it. You will prove it. So if anybody is coming to me, I have that kind of question a lot in you. But the Bible didn't say we should drink. We should drink that too much. The Bible did not say this. The Bible did not say now. The Bible did not say this. We know where you stand. I know where you stand. Because your mind will just, will just pick right decisions. You will just have wisdom in your affairs. You will just know what to do. It reminds me of Paul again. When they were, they were, one of these times was, he was, um, he, they were, you know, having cross sessions with him. And then there were Pharisees and Sadducees there. Yeah, so when he noticed, they were asking him questions, they were going to beat him and all that. When he noticed there were Pharisees and Sadducees there, they were questioning him. You know what Paul did? Paul said, the reason why they are persecuting me because they are asking me, so why are you here? The reason why they are persecuting me is this. I said that there is resurrection and that there are angels. You know why I said that? Because Sadducees do not believe there is resurrection and that there is, there is a spirit realm. Whereas Pharisees do believe that. So when he said that, they caused a commotion. So the Pharisees are like, is that why they called you here? So they face Sadducees. Sadducees not face them. So instead of them to question, but they just took Paul back. They were not facing themselves. You see, there is something about you just filling your heart with God's word that makes you know just how to prove situations, how to do things, how to live. You know when Saul left Samuel, 1 Samuel 10, he told him this and these are the things that will happen to you when you live here. He says, when those things happen, do as occasion pleases. Do as occasion pleases. So when you are in tune with God, you see, occasion will just arise and you will know exactly how to do. You will know this is the way to go. He, I, I perceive you shouldn't go on this journey. Uh, I'm thinking let's just delay this a bit. Uh, why not just, you will just begin to make right decisions because your logos and God's logos is one. It's one. And that is how we overcome in life. That's how we are led into victories. That's how we are led into victories. That's how we are led into victories. And then you put your body Put a word Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God. Are you getting blessed? Yes, sir. That's how it works. That's how it works. So you see, you're not be making right decisions spend time in the world. Gloria Copeland said one time that she noticed that she wasn't making right decisions for a long time. But things are not just so she concluded in her heart that she would pray one hour in tongues every day. Every day, one hour in tongues. He said she got to a place where she could, she could unconsciously just, unconsciously, you just begin to make right decisions. I don't have to explain it, but beyond, beyond those words, I don't have any other words. You would just, you would just stumble into things. Lines would just begin to fall in pleasant places for you. That's how, that's how it happens. That's how it happens. When you spend time in the Word, things will just work for you. We quote Romans 8 28 a lot. All things work together for the good of them that love God and are called according to His purpose. But the, the person there, if you read in context on verse 26, he says, The Spirit of God helpeth us in our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. 
He says, but the Holy Ghost prays with groanings that cannot be uttered. For he said, for he that sitteth in the heart of the Father knoweth what the will, the mind of God is. And then he went ahead to that all things work together. All things work together for those who have spent time taking advantage of the ministry of the Holy Ghost. Praying in tongues, praying in tongues, praying in tongues. Often, you're going to the bathroom just another tongues. <laughs> you're washing plates just another tongues. You're in your house. Don't fill your house with words of strife. Words are containers. Don't just say anything in your house. Just, just utter any kind of word. Play any kind of music. No! Words, they, 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 they shape atmospheres. They are containers. Don't just utter anything in your house. Don't just do that. Speak words of life. If you're a spiritual person and you move into an atmosphere, you can tell what has been happening in that kind of atmosphere. Trust me. You move into a house. You can tell the kind of house that it is. You can tell there has been strife in this house. You can tell. Harsh words have been ex- exchanged in this house. And it is a house where one time I walked into Pastor Maya's room. Woo! You could sense it. When it was in, in when it was still in one of the presidents of VHF. Goodness! You told me to come see. I walked into ah! something happened right here. What happened? You see, it happens. Reverend George Adeboe, I don't usually like calling some ministers name. Reverend George, he was a lecturer. While, you know, he was calling to the ministry, he was still lecturing there. You know. And then after a while, he left, he left lecturing. And then he had the testimony. Everybody that got into that office where he was, if you are not a believer, before you left, you became a believer. And sometimes called into the ministry. As in people that were in that same office that he was in. That was the office where the likes of Reverend Victor and Reverend Sam were trained. After office hours, you closed the door. I, I, I've heard Reverend Victor say this a, a few times. Baba George will carry his Bible. You tell Reverend Victor, you to sit down there. Carry your Bible and read. Praying in other tongues. Setting scriptures. Just do, conducting spiritual activities. So he said he left there. And like 10 people that got into that office, the same thing. If you are not a believer and you got in there, you became one. If you are not serious and you got in the office, you became serious. And sometimes called into the ministry. Their deposit is an atmosphere. It's an atmosphere. You can condition your atmosphere. You can. That even sickness will want to get in there, it won't. You see, one way I know that I've not been myself, I've not been reading the Bible much or praying in other tongues much, is that I begin to have temptations to feel sick. <laughs> you know, sickness is a temptation actually. You can either receive it or reject it. Sometimes I go not without without anything. Sometimes two years, I don't even nothing. Like nothing, nothing. Sometimes. How I know that something is today, headache, tomorrow, my knee, next time, my waist. I just, ah, I know that something is wrong somewhere. I go back to the world. Oh yeah. Let's let's read some healing scriptures. It's not when you are feeling we are, we are almost sick, that's it. Ah, where is that thing that they quoted the other day? Is the word of God is preventive and curative, so you can develop an atmosphere where sickness will not even dare to enter. And this thing is actually good. You, would, when you have a home, you marry a sexual down. Sometimes, if you are strong enough, the devil will not attack you, but you attack your wife. You attack your children because he knows that they are close to you. So if, if you've not conditioned your atmosphere, 
These things will keep on happening, will just keep on happening, and just keep on happening. Condition the atmosphere. Be still and know that it's love. Let's rest our Wow, what a word. For more messages, connect with our tribesmen across all social media platforms at PowerPoint Tribe.